Multiplayer games are as old as gaming itself, going all the way back to Pong, where you either played multiplayer or you didn't play at all. Now, obviously, a lot has changed since then, and we've seen a long road from where we were to where we are, going from Pong to arcades and cabinets with your friends to couch co-op all the way up until we have online gaming and the revolution of MMOs and always online games where you either play online or you don't play at all. But that's exactly what we talk about today in episode number 22 of the Potion Poppers podcast. Let's get it. Welcome, everybody, to the Potion Poppers Investigative Journalism Podcast, where we are asking the hard questions that people don't want to ask. Today, I have with me the tallest Asian in the Pacific Northwest and avid baloney enthusiast, Mr. McWilliam. Now, Mr. McWilliam, are you babe enough? Uh, no. All right. Well, I'm afraid that is the wrong answer because the correct answer is Ba Ram You, which you would definitely know if you had ever seen the hit Disney movie classic, Charlotte's Web, in which our hero Charlotte <laughs> dives into a deep, dark hole in the pursuit of an elusive white rabbit and ends up not finding that white rabbit, but ends up finding a life filled with darkness, pain, substance abuse, and jail time. More on that tonight at 7. Hi, All Will. right. I, I have no idea what to say to that. <laughs> Me uh, either. Say to the listeners is uh, don't listen to anything Chris says. That's true. <laughs> you know, that's good advice. If you follow that advice, then your life will be nice. And I just told you to follow that advice. So should you follow that advice? Because that is the advice I am giving you. That is what we call, what do they call it? Uh, 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 an oxymoron? Is that what that is? Uh, I don't know. Yes. An oxymoron. It's a trap. It's a trap. Don't listen. Okay. So when you say <laughs> babe enough, you're talking about babe the pig? Yeah. I was thinking babe Ruth. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't, I don't well, play this You're just not babe enough, obviously. <laughs> ba ram yeah, you, bro. Really. Ba ram you. And everyone knows how that connects to Charlotte's Web and how Charlotte goes to Wonderland and how the Mad Hatter doesn't give her a fancy hat, but she ends up finding the White Rabbit and going to rehab. Mm. Because that is simply a movie about cocaine. You're talking about <laughs> a two drug trip movies? So did you just cross Charlotte's Web and Alice in Wonderland? You know, the, the fact movie? that you didn't catch that. No, I did, I did catch it. I just didn't say anything because nothing you were saying was making any sense. So I was just like, okay. uh, well, maybe I found the White Rabbit before we started this recording. Um, you know, we have an arcade in Oregon <laughs> called Wonderland. So oh, going really? to Wonderland means something completely different to me. Ah, uh, <laughs> you know, that's fine. That's actually a really good arcade name, Wonderland. I like that yeah. a lot. Yes, a nickel arcade, Ooh. which uh, don't be fooled because every game is at least five nickels. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they are nickels, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you have to actually put nickels in the machine or is it just quarters? Uh, you used to. Uh, when I was in high school, it was like that, but uh, now they, they've gone to the card system, and so you just load up your card with nickels, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, nickel arcades, and arcades in general are kind of a thing of the past, man. They don't really yeah. they don't really exist anymore. I mean, they do, but it's not like it used to be, which is actually something we'll probably touch on in our topic today when we start talking about uh, you know the history yeah. of multiplayer mm. and co-op stuff. Arcades were 
a big part of that. But yeah, that know. was before. Yeah, the original co-op was arcade games. I didn't even think about that. Yep, definitely was. That's it's cool. the OG man, the OG yeah. arcades, uh, and I miss arcades. Back, back. We'll get to this, but back when you actually played with your friends in person, you left the house to play your games. Super yeah, cool. Miss some it, vitamin man. D. Exactly. Uh, what's vitamin D? Uh, you absorb it through the sun. Well, your skin. <laughs> yeah, all that vitamin D you get from being inside the arcade in front of a well, screen. Well, you have to go outside <laughs> to get to the arcade. <laughs> I gotta go get some vitamin D at the arcade, ma. <laughs> well you said you have to go outside so, it's true you, know. you have to leave the house yeah you definitely will not be outside you'll be outside uh, for uh five seconds you know walking from uh from the car to the arcade uh, maybe 30 seconds depending on where you you know how far away you park but anyways man yeah how are you what's what's going on in, in the world of william wait, the wor wait. world of will oh geez i don't know I've been up to so much that I've been up to nothing. Yeah. You know, I've been sick. Mm. So for those of you get a little peek behind the curtain, well, this isn't that much of a peek behind the curtain, uh, the, considering when this is going to be posted. You got to mix in the Wizard of Oz into your little babe story. You know, that's true. The Wizard of Oz. Go down the 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 rabbit hole to find the wizard. <laughs> you know, I I had a thought about plugging something else in there, and I was like, yeah, that probably won't won't fly. It's just too long. That's okay. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna do a little bit about uh, uh, progressive millennials and Karens uh, boycotting uh, the name Tweedledum and uh, protesting to have the name changed to Tweedle Intelligence Intelligence Challenged. Um, but it didn't, it wasn't landing in my head. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's oh, funny. well, Tweedle intelligence challenge. Stupid. stupid it's so stupid, funny how stupid. like Alice is in the public domain. So like just anybody can use it. So there's like mm -hmm. a lot of Alice in Wonderland characters in Batman, which I think is so funny. Yeah. Um, the obvious one's the Mad Hatter, you know him, but they also have Tweedledee and Tweedledum in Batman, which is just, I don't know, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Um, well, the thing is, Alice in Wonderland, um, uh, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland is outside of the domain of copyright now uh, because of how old it is. And that's how right. uh, it is for a lot of those things. And that's why um, Disney does not own Rapunzel. Disney does not own Sleeping Beauty or Snow White or any of that. Anyone can make anything about Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, Alice in Wonderland because they don't own those properties. Um, they are adaptations of a fairy tale, um, which is outside of copyright. It's old enough that anyone can use it is now public domain. It's did interesting you, because technically Mickey Mouse is outside of that domain as well. Did you know that? I do. Well, he is, but, you but know loophole, he's still covered right? by Disney. And, not, and Disney has found ways to keep Mickey Mouse inside their uh, in intellectual property. So it's still copyrighted. You still can't use Mickey right. Mouse, even though he's technically old enough now so that he should. What it be. is is when when copyright um, expires, only the that version of Mickey Mouse is public domain. So only the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse is public domain. All the newer versions of them are are copyrighted still. So what Disney did is they made the Steamboat Willie Mickey their logo. That's why the, you 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 see him start. when you watch Disney movies now. He's like whistling on the boat because now mm -hmm. it's a trademark, not a copyright. 
Mm. And you can't take a trademark either. So they, they found their own loopholes around it. Yep, they got the lawyers to do it. But here's the thing. We are not lawyers, so don't go around and use, you know, people's intellectual property and say, oh, well, the Potion Poppers podcast told me I can. Because <laughs> we're not lawyers. Isn't it stupid? Absolutely stupid that we have to do stuff like that. Well, I'm not a doctor, yep. so don't take my advice. If you do this, it's not my... Like, I've seen duh. things before don't where, be like, actual How about lawyers? that? That's my... That's my my uh, my little uh, legal, whatever it's called. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. That's where I was going. That's my disclaimer. But Don't like, be a even, freaking moron. How about even that? Even actual lawyers have to do stuff like that on YouTube. They'll say things like, even though I'm a lawyer, I am not, not your advice. lawyer. So yeah. don't take this into the legal this advice. This is not like, legal so advice. <laughs> yeah, um, you're an idiot but if you do that. Speaking of um, open domain, did you hear that Winnie the Pooh just went to open domain? Oh, well, it is so they, old. They just released um, a horror movie. Just called, I think it's just called Pooh. So it's about Winnie the Pooh. It's live action, but he's like a murderer. Um, and it's a horror movie. So I think it's so funny. Like It seems like the second that it went to public domain, people start making movies about it. <laughs> well, Winnie the Pooh isn't owned by Disney either. Winnie the Pooh was written by... Who was it written by? Anyways, it know. wasn't written by Disney. It was, you know, adapted by Disney. So... But yeah, again, it's the, just the original Winnie the Pooh. So like the, um, so the original Winnie the Pooh didn't have his iconic red shirt. So the this movie that came out, they weren't allowed to have him in a red shirt. So they gave him these like plaid overalls instead. Yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Oh, well. But anyways, 4th of July happened, guys. We blew stuff mm. up. It was lots of fun, except not lots of fun for me. Um, for work, I had a long weekend. They gave us off. Monday as well as Tuesday. And so I was off, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And wouldn't you know it, Friday night, I got really sick. And I was sick all the way through Wednesday. So my four day weekend was pretty much spent in bed. On the 4th of July, I started feeling well enough that I was able to go over and hang out with my family. I was kind of past the contagious stage of my illness, but I still felt pretty crummy. Uh, but I was still able to, you know, do fireworks. And over here in Colorado, it was raining. So there were no big fireworks up in the sky. But we were able to light off a few fireworks in, in, our, uh, in our backyard. My parents have like a big brick patio area. So we just used that and did fireworks in our backyard. Had a good time. Um, but unfortunately, and you may still hear it a little bit, I've been sick. So that's the best way to have a four-day weekend um, is in bed sucked i don't even remember saturday or sunday do you ever have that like mm. when you're sick and you're just in bed like the days just they just don't exist you know what i mean like because you're just sleeping all day yeah. and you're out of it i don't remember saturday or sunday at all my brain is really good at deleting irrelevant information um but it also reminds me of like uh when you go on vacation you seldom remember the flight you know mm. like when you're on the flight it sucks like oh my gosh it's like a 10-hour flight it's a horrible blah 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 you're so uncomfortable but then when you look back on the vacation you never remember the flight i i remember some flights i guess it depends on what you do in the flight if you're a if you're a talker and you talk to your neighbors or if you're a uh put your headphones on and watch a movie kind of guy mm -hmm. then yeah it's probably pretty easy to to yeah, I, I guess particularly I'm saying that you don't you don't remember the pain. 
You don't remember how <laughs> miserable you were 10 hours in this crazy. That's true. Seat. Well, that's just human psychology. You, you, you don't really remember yeah. the pain. Um, that's why a lot of times it's better to um, take a lot of pain all at once versus little doses yeah. of pain multiple times in a row, which is what really annoys me about some monetization strategies that a lot of people have, like a lot of companies have, is it's the constant drip of, oh, now you have to pay for this. Now you have to pay for this. Mm -hmm. Now you have to pay for this. Now you have to pay for this. I was actually watching a video about Destiny's monetization system and how they are officially pay to win. Um, and they have been actually for for a while, but they've just kind of given up on trying to hide it and they're just, they're just doing it, right? Because they got a battle pass and then they've got additional like mission cards inside the battle pass that you have to buy. So in the battle pass is another battle pass that you have to pay for if you want those rewards. Um, it's stupid. Anyways, but if you look on Steam's webs on their website, like they don't on, on their page, they don't have like an all inclusive, like all the previous seasons of the game in one pack. There's like seven or eight different packs and a lot of the packs have items that are already included in other packs so it's incredibly confusing and in order to get everything you need to buy like three three to four of those different packs which is like fifteen dollars twenty five dollars another fifteen dollars and another like thirty dollars like it all adds up and then when you buy the latest season you buy the season for like 60 70 bucks but when you get the season, it doesn't actually give you access to the dungeon, which is the most important part of the season. So you buy the season and then you have to pay another $20 for the dungeon key because you buy the season, you get in the game. Oh, I can't use the dungeon until I get a dungeon key. Wow, the dungeon key is like 20 bucks. And it's just, it's just one thing after another, after another, after another. If they were just like, hey, here's $150 to unlock all the previous seasons and their content. And then, oh, here's the season pass. It's not, it's not 60 bucks, it's 80 bucks. And it includes the dungeon key, you know? Like that doesn't make people as mad as I bought all these past mm -hmm. seasons and now I have to buy the new season, but the new season didn't come with the dungeon key. So now I have to buy another thing. Like that pisses people off, especially when it feels like you're being lied to and misled, right? But it's that, uh, the psychology yeah. of pain, right? You will remember the multiple instances of pain and it feels more painful than if it's just all all done at once if that makes sense yeah you know speaking of like that makes me think of uh i'm thinking about upgrading my google storage which i've been for the longest time i've like put it off like i'm just using the free 15 megabyte gigabytes or whatever so i've like deleted so many emails like every couple of years just to like keep under that storage amount mm -hmm. but I'm thinking about upgrading because this is how Google got me. Uh, I have a Pixel 2, which uh, has free Google photo storage. Well, they don't offer that anymore, even on the new Pixels, I don't think. So when I get a new phone, I no longer have free storage on Google Photos. I've got free so storage. What, uh, you have the newest Pixel? All of my uh, Google always has free photo storage it doesn't have free high res like if you want large image files that's a different no thing. mine's just the standard storage uh no i think they got rid of it free. entirely i've got unlimited free storage what phone do you have it's just a samsung s20 hmm, i've all i always that. have yeah because google photos has always been 
I mean, they have 15 gigabytes of free. You sure you're not? Yeah, that's the that's for the high resolution. Like there's 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 the higher res photos that have a certain number of gigabytes, and then there's the ones where they scale it down. But it's still plenty big for like making five by fours or for doing on your phone. Okay. Um, Well, I'll I'll do that then. But yeah, I thought I was gonna have to be forced to upgrade to Google Photos uh, when I got a new phone because. Hmm. No. I guess I didn't read the whole article, but I saw an article that said like, oh, free, you know, Google photo storage is gone unless you own a pixel. And that was like a couple of years ago. So um, I guess I should, <laughs> didn't read the whole thing. Yeah, no, because when I'm looking at my Google stuff, I've, I've still got unlimited storage. Um, huh. There's no, cool. yep, there's no, nothing that says, oh, you know, you've got this much space left or this much space is used. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe I found a, a way out of it. But you I also do have the upgraded, the upgraded uh, Google Drive, whatever subscription that gives me more yeah, drive space. Maybe that, that gives me unlimited photo storage automatically. That makes sense. So okay. I don't know, but I've so never heard. You're of telling that. me, you're telling me it's free, and then here you are paying for it. <laughs> well, I didn't think it was included. I didn't. I don't think it was included. Yeah, the storage bought- includes everything. It's it's Google Photos and Gmail and your Drive Space. That's all one membership. Yeah. But when I go into my Google Drive, it doesn't matter. People, I'm sorry, boring you, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I realize that that is my go-to whenever I'm like trying to like segue and move into something else. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. That's interesting. That is interesting. I say that all the freaking time, man. There's nothing like having a podcast to make you realize you're like, verbal texts and the things you say over and over and over again because oh man that's interesting <laughs> yeah but, i did a quick google search and the all the things i'm saying is google photos unlimited free storage is gone mm. you're it will cap at 15 gigabytes interesting that sucks but maybe i need to do more research that's just the headlines but yeah maybe maybe it's included in, in part of the google drive upgrade yes, because i yeah i i i bought that because it was like what, two bucks a month or something like that yes for, and i'm cheap that's, that's what i'm not willing to pay is the two bucks a month you know <laughs> so well, i use my google either. drive for everything so yeah i don't i have three terabytes of hard drive space i keep it local yeah <laughs> keep it local man well let's move into our first segment of the day mine as well let's get into it uh in our first segment we like to call what's poppin play is so Mr. McWilliam, why don't you kick us off, bud? What do you got popping this week? What's popping? So in the popping series, we talk about what games we've been popping. So I've been mm-hmm. playing a little game that I played years ago, but I've recently decided to revisit called Dig or Die. I saw that. I saw you playing that on Steam. I was like, oh, I think you told me about that game. Yeah, I gifted you a copy. Did you see that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Well, <laughs> let me let me see. Let me open up Steam and see. <laughs> yeah, I could try to resend it or something if if you didn't get it. But well, yeah, let me I see if it's you, in my library. It was on sale. I already had the game, but it was on sale for the Steam Summer Sale. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna throw ah, a crisp copy. Ah, I do have it? it. I do have <laughs> <Nice>. it. Okay. <laughs> so it's uh, so if you want to play it sometime, I'm totally down. It's uh, it's kind of a mix of uh, Terraria and mm. a um, tower defense game. Yeah, so kind of looks like Starbound. To, yeah, which is kind of like Terraria. So <laughs> yeah, well, the aesthetic to me looks more Starbound-ish. 
sure. than, than Terraria. Yeah, the art kind of looks almost like Flash game to me. Like, it's like a little smoother. It's not all pixelated. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but, um, but it's a pretty simple indie game. It's not as complex as Starbound or Terraria. But you, you mine for resources. And the main thing you do is you build turrets. And you build a base and you can build a maze into your base. And then you basically made your own, make your own battle defense um, arena where these guys have to go through this maze to try to get you. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. I'm and one of video. my favorite things about it, which is also one of my favorite things about Starbound, is they have a full wiring system. So I love wiring things with AND gates and OR gates. Like it makes you feel so cool, like programming different things. So um, I built a little tr uh, turret shelter, I guess where the roof opens so the roof opens and then it shoots like the enemies in the sky but if an enemy gets too close the doors automatically close and then they're forced to go through the maze instead so that way you can kind of shoot them when they're far away when they get close they're forced to go through a maze um and i also put proximity sensors on all the doors so that when i'm running from an enemy i can just run right in the door and it opens and closes automatically because there's nothing worse than running from an enemy and frantically trying to close the door and they accidentally click it too many times and this then it's open cool, and they come man so yeah is there a mission to the game is there an end of the game i'm watching this little video mm -hmm. of this guy he's got like a missile uh a rocket <laughs> oh missile um, rocket thing yeah. so the idea is that you crash landed on this planet and the end game is to build a rocket to escape the planet okay that's what i okay that makes sense yeah it's it's really fun for a little indie game um i think it's kind of a, a sleeper you know it's not not a big game. I bet a lot of people don't know about it, but uh, it's surprisingly fun. I really enjoy it. Oh, mine says that I need to purchase it. What? Did you accept Weird. It, well, it's in my games. But it's oh, got try a little, refreshing it. I've had that happen before, button. too. So weird. Yeah, just refresh it. I had that happen last time I got gifted a game, too. Might be with this new Steam update oh, that they rolled out. Here we go. There it is. Accept gift. Yeah, all right. I'll have to give it a shot, man. That actually looks right up my alley. I like... I like that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. That's really cool. Um, I do like Terraria. I do like Starbound. I like Tower Defense. I think this is cool. And that's one thing that I kind of, when thinking about Terraria and stuff, that I kind of wish it had more of those Tower Defense elements to it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I always thought that it would be really cool if um, the zombies and the monsters actually attacked your town area. Yeah, and you had to build defenses to protect it every night instead of them just coming up to the doors, you know, and like hitting the door without breaking anything, except for, I guess, during blood moons. Um, but yeah, that looks really cool. That looks really yeah, cool. Yeah, let's play it. Um, let's there's it. Uh, and you can play with hazards on or off. So I played with hazards on because like, oh, that sounds cool. Extra challenge. Um, but one of the hazards is meteor shower, and it just destroys any building that you have on the surface. So <laughs> I learned the hard way. If you uh, if you play with hazards on, build your base underground. Otherwise, yeah. it's just going to destroy everything because it's it's not a light meteor shower. It it hmm. wipes you out pretty. Well, good. That tends to be my strategy in most games like that is to go bunker mode and build underground because yeah. the walls also, are basically still there already there. All you have to do is is dig them out. So what else is cool is it has uh, build physics kind of like uh, how Valheim does if you played that. Mm -hmm. So if you build something too high with not enough support, it will fall over. Ah, interesting. Um, and there's one part where there's a giant like gap that you have to cross. So you have to like build a bridge and you actually have to think it through because you can't just draw a line across like Terraria because it'll break. You have to build like a structurally sound bridge. 
Um, so I think that's really cool. However, nice. those physics do not matter when you're underground because when you're underground, you attach everything to the back wall of the oh, ground. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. So the physics only matter when building above surface, which makes it significantly harder to build the base above surface. So definitely build below surface. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, we're going to disincentivize you from building on the surface for some reason. Is there any yeah. reason for that? Like, as Well, you I think the they wanted to have the, the build physics um, as part of the game. So they just mm. didn't... Because it, it does add value to the game because there's that gap you have to build a um, bridge over and there's also floating islands that you have to build towards. So you got to build like a tower. So it's really fun to try to figure out how to properly build these things, kind of like bridge constructor <laughs> or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they wanted to keep that part in because it is a lot of fun. Um, well, the name so, of the game yeah. is Dig or Die. So yeah. I, guess, <laughs> I guess the name of the game tells you everything you need to know. Uh, the, don't stay on the surface or you're gonna die <laughs> you the must difficulty dig. ratings are really funny if you click easy mode it says not that easy and if you click normal mode it said sorry it meant hard <laughs> and if you click on hard mode it says uh change the name to dig and die <laughs> mm. uh, i like so that i funny. like i like a good sense of humor in a game yeah it makes it feel and i like that humor. it's hard too because like i feel like a lot of games are too easy so i like that this kind of game embraces that it. it's a difficult game yeah. you know i like that that's cool yeah i'll have to give it a shot man it sounds like a lot of fun and we'll we'll have to play together um yeah. now that i'm not dying um well we're all dying mr mcwilliam we're yeah. just dying at different paces <laughs> now that you're done dying start <laughs> at a, at a different start race digging. exactly <laughs> Dig while you die. That's, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to be doing. So nice, man. Um, well, I guess what I've been popping is I bought an Asus Rogue Ally or ROG Ally. I call it a Rogue Ally, but I bought an ROG Ally. Do you, have you seen those? Uh, I'm not sure. What's an ally? Uh, I don't have any allies, but this is a, uh, <laughs> It's a Steam Deck. It's a better oh, Steam yeah, Deck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it allows you to play Dope. games that aren't on Steam uh, without having to do modifications and stuff like that. And um, It's really, really fun. Um, I've been playing Path of Exile on it. I downloaded uh, Rune, Rune Factory 4. It's on Xbox Game Pass right now, so I downloaded that through the Xbox app. Um, and I, I turned it into an emulator. So I downloaded, what's it called? Something play. Anyways, it's like, it's like a front end. It's like, it's like steam big picture mode, um, for emulators and ROMs. So takes all the ROMs in your folder, downloads all the box art, all, you know, videos and marketing materials and stuff like that. And so when you hover your, well, you don't have a, well, you can have a mouse, but anyways, but when you select a game, it like pops up and shows like a big screenshot in the background with the description of the game. And you can have the how long to beat statistics for the game downloaded. Um, so you see your entire library of ROMs and it emulates everything, literally everything. You can even have a Nintendo Switch emulator. So it's a Nintendo Switch it's a Steam Deck, mm -hmm. and it plays all of my computer games, and it plays them well too. Um, the screen is a 1920 uh, by 1080p with a 120 hertz refresh rate, which is way better than the Steam Deck. Steam Deck is 720p 60 uh, hertz, um, but not all games can, you know, obviously play at that high. Uh, 
Uh, you just have to, well, if you play with the, the settings in the game, um, I was playing Path of Exile and it was running at like, on max settings, it was running at like 75 frames per second um, at uh, 25 uh, watts for the, uh, for the power, right? It goes up to 30, but um, that extra five watts of juice that you give it only gives you one or two extra frames. So the best frame, mm -hmm. for those of you that have a ROG Ally or are thinking about getting one, the best power settings for your performance are 18 watts for low power and then 25 watts for high power. Because the pre-programmed settings are like 15, it's like 10, 15, 30 or something like that, like the different performance modes. Um, but those are extremely inefficient. So. Um, if you play with it and kind of find your sweet spot um, to see where you get your best frames, that's what I found. Is like, how did the refresh and, rate and compare to uh, the Steam Deck? The Steam Deck's only got a 60, 60 hertz, mm. so the max that a Steam Deck can do is sixty FPS, and this can go up to one hundred and twenty. Dude, I'm so it spoiled that the like Steam Deck. sixty FPS is like unplayable for me. Like it looks so choppy. Like I need at least ninety. Yeah, 120 yeah. to really enjoy a game. Well, the other big thing here is not only the refresh rate, but the nine, the 1080p screen versus a 720p, it's noticeable. Oh, yeah. It's noticeable, especially on that smaller screen. Like 1080p looks clean. It looks crisp. It looks good um, on that smaller screen. Um, but you can run it at 720 if you want to, if you need, you know, more frames, if if your game is at, if you're like Will and your game's at 60 frames uh, and you want it to be at you know 80 90 then you can change it to 720p but nope i need it's at awesome. least 90 fps on ultra graphics on ultra graphics on 4k <laughs> ideally without dlss frame generation but sometimes no, but, I, I need that yeah but i mean it's uh, <laughs> it's awesome i'm a, i'm a big fan of the rog ally um, if it comes down between that and a Steam Deck, I highly recommend the ROG Ally. You can get them at I Best love. Buy right now, open box for about uh, $650. they are like 50, 60 bucks off for a brand new, basically brand new uh, ROG Ally, which is how I, I love. Did it. I love ROG stuff. Everything I have is ROG. My headphones, my um, my motherboard, my my monitor, and my graphics card are Asus Tough. Just to you know, be budget friendly, but dude, I got tons of Asus stuff. Yeah, I like Asus; they make good stuff. But um, yeah, big fan, loving it, playing a, a lot of uh, Game Boy Advance and DS Pokemon games and Path of Exile and stuff like that. But on nice. my PC, I've been playing more Diablo, and I gotta tell you, man, it has been an interesting ride. Like I started like. Oh, this game's awesome to this is incredibly frustrating to a slow climb back to I really like the game. Um, I'm up in the 50s now, level 50-ish, 50 55. I hit 55 last night. Nice. Um, Congrats. Thank you. I'm halfway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I beat the campaign. Um, I got my horse. I, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into a little more my gripes about the game. Uh, uh, you, get a, you get a mount, you get a horse almost at the very end of the game and it's annoying it okay the the horse is not good it's 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 nice to get more speed but the controlling of the horse sucks 
Um, mm. It's the farther away from the horse you are clicking, like you hold the mouse button, and then you kind of just move the mouse to point the direction. But the closer the mouse is to the horse, the slower it goes. And when you're moving down on the screen, it's mm. it's difficult. Like your mouse goes into the UI where the buttons and stuff are if you want it to go fast. So they need to make the distance from the horse that it goes max speed. That needs to shrink drastically. Yeah. The vast majority of it should be like full speed. And then if you want to go slow, it needs to be real close to the horse. But it's annoying. Need, and the horse like gets a stuck on monitor. stuff. To put underneath your main monitor and just do like <laughs> the opposite of how that's people how do it feels. with two monitors, you know? <laughs> that's how it feels. But it the horse is also kind of buggy. It gets stuck on weird things. Like the pathing sucks. Like um, uh, if you're it'd be clicking, so funny to just like casually talking to people. Like, oh yeah, I play Diablo in portrait mode. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's it. Feels like that's what you would have to do. But like, it's weird because when you click on an area on the map. If there's something between you and that area, it doesn't go around it. So, oh, like, no. as you're riding the horse, it will randomly mm. just clip and get stuck on little things that are sticking out of the sides, like little pieces of terrain and stuff like that. The horse doesn't path very well. So, when you're trying to run to a location, you're holding over, you know, where you're wanting the horse to go, but it'll run into little corners and stuff like that. It's annoying AF and... They need to fix the actual just, movement mechanics of the horse. But it's nice to have. I'd rather have the horse than be walking because walking is stupid slow. And they don't I have a lot of good movement people speed that upgrades. Blizzard just sitting there and be like, oh, we can give this horse like AI pathing. Nah. No, that's what <laughs> it feels it. like. Their pathing is garbage. <laughs> it's at the end of the game anyways. People aren't going to use it very long. <laughs> well, they, that, you use it all the time because <laughs> the end of the campaign is only like a third if you if you follow the campaign directly um and don't screw around the campaign is done only a third of the way from your leveling progress progress end game is two-thirds of the game so hmm. anyways yeah that's annoying i i don't like that and necromancer skeleton minions are garbage they don't they're, they're crap but i've i kind of got to this point where i finally have good enough gear that I can just destroy things. I'm on world tier nice. three. Can't get to world tier. Can't get to world tier four yet. So I'm on the hardest difficulty I can do right now, and it's fun. It's challenging but fair. Um, but it's it's only because I started getting good gear. And so my my path so far has been like levels one through ten or fifteen. They were they were fun. It was new. It wasn't super challenging but right around 12 to 20 i i started feeling it when i would level up because of the scaling monster scaling right i didn't have good gear the monsters were stronger now and when i would level up it wouldn't make me significantly strong enough to compensate for that so that sucked and then it That's slowly such a weird started getting better thing can you imagine if they did that with like the the horse too? Like once you get the horse, the distance of everything scales to be twice as far. <laughs> so having a horse didn't do anything, <laughs> right? No, but I mean, so level scaling sucks in kind of those lower mid levels. But once you start getting legendary gears and a, a couple of uniques and stuff like like as you start getting better gear that have good synergistic extra perks. Then you start doing well. And that's when the game really starts to get fun. And that's when 
you can play those harder difficulties and level up and not feel like the monsters are are getting significantly stronger every time you level up. Um, so it's been a weird ride. It was like a, it, it's, I don't know. I, I do like the game though. I'm still playing it. I'm enjoying it, but it's just that lower mid-level grind is garbage. Um, and the horse is kind of janky and weird, but I'm having a great time um, doing dungeons and stuff like that. Looking forward to the first season. Um, and apparently a lot, there's a lot of issues with people who aren't familiar with online ARPGs because in the ARPG community with every season your characters get wiped I mean they still exist they usually go into mm. um, uh, the, the, in Path of Exile they're called leagues in Diablo there's they're called realms so your regular character from this campaign is going to be put into the eternal realm and then there's going to be a new season and your character will not be in that season. You need to start a new character from levels level one and, you know, play it in this new season. So you, you can still play your old characters in the older realm? In the older realm, yeah. It just won't have the new okay. season mechanics. Like this new season mechanic has special monsters that you kill. They drop something. When you use it, it resurrects them. And then they're like a, a buffed version of themselves. You kill them again and they drop like special loot that is specific to the season. It's just a season mechanic. Hmm. And this is normal for ARPGs. Um, yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah, but a lot of people apparently are upset about it, which I guess if you're not familiar with the system, you're like, well, I made all this progress. Um, there was a big uproar because originally they said you lose everything. So all your altars of Lilith, all your uh, campaign progress, all your map progress, all of your renown, all this stuff that takes forever to grind, they were, from what I understand, they were originally just going to reset everything. But there's a huge uproar about that. So now you keep all of your map progress. You keep all the altars of Lilith, which are collectibles that give you little buffs to your account, um, as well as your nice. renown progress. So all this time you spent grinding and unlocking things, not all of that is gone. But your character themselves, the character itself, you need a new character from level one. But all your camp, all of your account-wide unlocks stay unlocked including i believe including the horse uh, because the horse is tied to a nice. campaign mission and if you can skip the campaign then you should just immediately have your horse which would make sense because the horses also have special things you unlock like unlock like skins and armor and stuff like that so for you to not have access to all those things you purchased if you're buying cosmetics and now you don't have your horse so you don't have the cosmetics you purchased like that wouldn't make sense yeah that'd be a problem so anyways I like it. Um, I'm looking forward to the next season um, and starting a new cool. character. I'm going to do a rogue this time, but that's the plan. Nice. All right. Sorry, I kind of talked forever about no, that. No, you're good. But there's a lot exciting. going on in the world of Chris for, for, for video games and stuff like that. But um, as far as speaking of online video multiplayer <laughs> video games, today we're talking about the history of multiplayer in video games from the origins of video games all the way up until now we're going to kind of take a, a walk down memory lane and chat about you know multiplayer and the history of multiplayer because it, it, the interesting thing is as i was looking at this i'm like multiplayer was kind of the backbone that was the uh the genesis of video games 
was multiplayer games because you had Pong, right? They didn't have NPCs when they made computer games. It was Hmm. player one versus player two because they didn't have programmed AI to handle a computer character, right? Which makes (laughs) sense because that would be a natural evolution as opposed to just having a player, two players controlling you know, the little character on the screen, which was like the paddle for Pong. I played this uh, game one time that it advertised it as programmable AI in parentheses. That means I'm too lazy to program it myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's it funny. makes me think of that. They don't, they don't want to put, they don't know how to program the AI yet. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, that, cause it makes sense, right? It makes sense. And then eventually um, they did start programming and making computer-controlled characters and stuff like that. Yeah, kind of like Pac-Man. Galaga, Pac-Man, exactly. Revolutionary. Yeah, but it's interesting because the programming was very simple, right? Yeah. Um, each of those characters was... And it was in a simple world. So, but... When we were talking a bit earlier about like arcades, like as a kid, video games went from, okay, so video games went from Pong into kind of like cabinet form, right? Like home game systems weren't really a thing. It went into arcade and arcades Mm -hmm. were all about social, right? All about the social experience. Um, I don't know about you, but I remember... Going to arcades as a kid, there was this big arcade in this place called Golfland back in Arizona where I used to live. I had a birthday party there once. And we got uh, the entire floor. There was an entire floor of arcade games that you could rent out for an hour. And so uh, my, I had like five or six friends over. My parents rented the level for us. And we got to play unlimited arcade games for like two hours so you could just press the start button and get as many lives as you wanted instead of sinking tons of money into these right so that's the first time i ever beat an arcade game i beat it was like the x-man arcade game um and i think it was nightcrawler (laughs) i love nightcrawler back then but um i just kept pressing the start button but it was all about going out and playing games with your friends it was it was a, it was like a, a social hangout, you know what I mean? But uh, it reminds that's me of the arcade now. scenes in Stranger Things. Like Stranger Things is so nostalgic. Although, although that era was a little bit before my time, it was still close enough where it's like, oh yeah, the it's like riding bikes everywhere, going to the arcade, that whole culture. Mm-hmm. Like they nailed that nostalgic vibe. For me, it was all about Wonderland. I talked about that before. It's the Nickel Arcade out here, and that's been around here forever. There used to be one like ten minutes from my house. Unfortunately, that one closed. So I ended up going to one in uh, Portland once I was in high school. But, um, dude, I grew up in the arcades. I always tell that to people. Like, I, I never, like, I never stopped. Some people, like, went to arcades as kids, and then they grew out of it. Like, I never grew out of it. I still go to arcades. <laughs> um, but, uh, but at Wonderland, it's a nickel arcade. Back then, I think it probably was an actual nickel or two. Um, but the whole back row of uh, the store were free games. And I love that. We spent most of our time back there because, you know, we were all poor kids that didn't have jobs because child labor is a thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they were all free because they were ones that were for sale, I think. 
So they put like the for sale cabinets for free <clears throat> so people could test them out. But I spent so much time on the free games, particularly, um, oh, what was that game called? Uh, Rampage. Oh Rampage, my gosh, where you play yes. as like the beast and you're like breaking windows and eating yes. people. That was like my favorite game. We would get like a full four player of kids on that and just play that game all day long. It was one of the free ones. So oh, I was a blast. That's awesome. It was Lizzie the is the green lizard. And then yeah. I don't remember the name of the gorilla. I don't know. But yeah, man, because originally Rampage was just two players. It was the, the gorilla and the lizard. Mm. And then later on, it became a four player thing. Uh, up to four players. I think there was like a white gorilla, like a white monkey guy. I think there's like, a wolf. Oh, it was white a wolf. wolf. Was that yeah. in Nintendo 64 era when they when they introduced the wolf and stuff like that? I feel like, because I, I remember so. having the game on the Nintendo 64, and then there was the wolf, the gorilla. The 64 was a, a newer version. That one had better graphics, yeah. right? Yeah. It did. And that's why the old one. That was the first time I saw the wolf, though. So in my, in my mm -hmm. head, I only remember... The arcade being the lizard and the the gorilla guy at first, but yeah, I think there was a full four in the one I played. So I must have played like the second one or mm. something. If the first one only had two, and then sixty four must be the third one. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But Rampage, you didn't need a movie. No, it was the sixty fourth one. Rampage sixty four, man. The sixty fourth one. <laughs> Everything <laughs> was sixty four. But you hear they they made a Rampage movie starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's based off of Rampage. And I think he's friends with the gorilla. It's something, I think he's a normal gorilla and then he gets all like big and then Dwayne is like friends with the gorilla and then they have to fight off like the lizard or the wolf or something. I don't remember. It was actually a pretty decent movie. <laughs> uh, obviously, so it wasn't that, a big hit because um, Rampage. I, I mean, it's a big hit now. for anyone that played that game for hours on end as a child. <laughs> I liked it. Oh, <laughs> when it, when it came out, I was up. so excited because I was like, I love this game. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, I remember this. I never saw it. But I do remember seeing, yeah, the white gorilla. But it wasn't a gorilla. It was a wolf. There was a brown gorilla, a green lizard, a white wolf, and something else. I don't remember what the fourth character was. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just three. Might have been three. Well, because on, the... on the Nintendo 64 game, it was... No, it's a mouse. It's a mouse. mouse, and it is three characters. Rampage huh. 2. Yeah, we've got the, the lizard. Oh, a rhino. There it is. It's a rhino. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so you got the rhino. You got the lizard. You've got... Yep, that's what it is. So you got the rhino, the monkey, the lizard, the mouse, and then there's a, a fifth character, apparently. I don't remember the fifth character. It looks like a lobster. Yeah, it is a lobster. Mouse, rhino, oh, there is a wolf. lizard, the wolf. Yep. Um, and then... There's a lot of characters. I, I, yeah, because I remember there being a wolf. But I'm looking at Rampage 64, and it's just the rhino, the lobster, the mouse, the yeah. gorilla, and the lizard. I found, a, uh, found one for Rampage World Tour that has the lizard, the gorilla, oh. the wolf. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Rampage 2. Universal Tour. Dude, memories. World like, Tour. this is like, I'm I'm getting taken <laughs> way back playing with my brother. And that's the thing, too, is like, a lot of times, our most nostalgic 
video game experiences are tied to co-op, to multiplayer. Yeah. You know, like because you remember things that are tied to emotion and emotion mm -hmm. is high when you're sharing an experience with a friend. Exactly. Shared experiences are so much better and it's just not the same. So video games went from like multiplayer was mandatory in order to play the game. You couldn't play Pong alone to, you know, it became a, a social outing thing doing arcade games with the cabinets and stuff like that. And then you had at home game systems mm -hmm. as games became more advanced and stuff like that like with and the atari it, and things like that at least for me when it when it went to the home console era it was all about sleepovers yes there was, which is completely different you can't have a sleepover at arcade although i mean maybe you could if you asked nicely but that's weird right but right. uh with, with home consoles like you would have sleepovers have a couple friends over and you just play games all night like one of yep. my favorite things to do was go to Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. We would rent a game for a couple of days, play that game all night long. Uh, it was the best thing. So I've got a list of games to reminisce on here. Well, absolutely. Um, I mean, because I remember um, you go to Blockbuster, you get the one night rental for like three bucks or something like yeah. that, or like three days for five bucks. or And then you'd rack up a crap ton of uh, late fees or my parents would <laughs> rack up late fees because we, uh, we would forget to take them back or whatever. But yeah, man, Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, that is so fun. And we actually talked about you, you specifically brought this up um, in our episode about the, the cheap games from Steam, where it's like, well, maybe you can do that with oh, your yeah, friends, yeah. where it's like, <laughs> hey, guys, let's buy, we're going to buy three or four games on Steam, super cheap, and we're going to play it together. But that's the thing is you, you either need to do it in person or if it's, if it's not a multiplayer game, right? And that's the other thing is a lot of times couch co-op like a lot of these games weren't even co-op games like a lot of times you would just hang out on the couch taking turns with a single player game trying yeah. to beat it right like you'd pass the yep. controller when you die <laughs> um and you almost like compete like who can be the level first exactly know? right and then you get yeah. your friend who's like just really good and never gives up the controller because they never die um that was actually just yeah. my brother you, you learn really quick that the rules <laughs> of you play till you die is not a fair system <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it worked great i mean that's how we that's how we beat resident evil and resident evil 2 it was again sleepovers um and passing the controller around in fact but when we played scary games as a kid you know i was like six seven eight I just watched my brother play because <laughs> yeah, he was so much better. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to beat it. And I just liked watching him play. So like thinking about like your idea with, hey, let's get a, a, a couple of cheap games and stay up all night playing. Like if you're not actually doing that intentionally, like having people over for a really late night to play a game on like a TV or to just gather around the screen, then it's more like, uh, you're streaming it, right? It would be, um, but then they wouldn't ever get to play. You can't pass the controller, right? But that's what you had to do yeah. back in the day. When everyone's there, you can go to the, you, you order pizza, get like a bunch of freaking Totino's pizza rolls or something like that, bagel bites. Um, you got soda yeah. and Doritos and Skittles and like you just stay up all night and and, and play games, man. Kids, you know, can't, they don't, uh, you don't do that. I'm probably anymore. not actually going to do it, but uh, I, I was brainstorming with uh, my fiance about like what I should do for my like bachelor party, and then I was like, you know, like nothing sounds exciting. The thing that I would love the most is just like a video game night, <laughs> like just have yeah. sleepover, just play games. Like that's the only thing I'd want to do. 
Uh, yep. Man. But uh, yeah, you want to go over some some of the the sleepover games? Yeah, give give me what you got on your list. Specifically, you know, um, I I specifically put down like uh, multiplayer's because you know, yeah. But anyways, mm-hmm. the first one that came to mind is Goldeneye. Yes, like that is such a classic. The, the, that was one of the first four player games, I think. So that was like so much fun just to play with your friends, and we could just play that nonstop, just shooting each other. Oh yeah, freaking odd job. My brother still claims that he never played Odd Job, um, but that was his go-to every time, and it was annoying. Odd Job with an RCP ninety, man, is the worst. <laughs> you guys ever play Kill the Beast? Uh, I don't know. In, in Goldeneye, it's where one person is Jaws, and he's like a super buffed version oh, of cool. Jaws. So it's one versus three. Um, so one person wow, is Jaws, the and then the other three game. people, <laughs> yeah, the other three people try to kill him. It's interesting. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. that's that's the, kind of the first one I think of too when I think about couch co-op um, from um, being a kid is Goldeneye. Mario Kart's always an obvious one too, yes. but uh, the probably the biggest one for me was Bomberman. Like Bomberman really? was my absolute favorite. I had so much fun with that game. Which one? And particularly, there was this one for the Sega Genesis that I had, hmm. um, where they had a I think it was co-op, but they had a co-op campaign version of it so i particularly like that because you're not just trying to shoot your friend like you're, you have a mission to get through and the levels were bigger and they had more obstacles and enemies and you could get this little egg that hatched into a kangaroo and you can ride a kangaroo around which in hindsight was probably inspired by yoshi because he pops out of an egg um, but it was so cool <laughs> i absolutely loved it it was the coolest thing in the world <laughs> uh i like the 64 version of that too that one was really interesting moving that to 3d to have like 3d bomb blasts instead of just like the you know cross hatch Mm-hmm. Um, that was my I first experience. Bomberman. My first experience with Bobberman was the 64 version. I always looked oh, yeah. at it and thought, man, this would be so cool. Um, but yeah, no. Oh, dude, I just speaking kind of a little bit off topic. Um, there was a game. It was like flying jesters. Like they were dressed in purple. It was like a mystical knights kind of thing. Not like armor and swords and stuff but do you ah, frick now i don't know i don't know what it was called thinking of a jester makes me think of pandemonium it's not that is it no it's like the cover i can see the box cover it's this guy in a purple outfit that looks like a jester's costume almost and he's like flying in the sky it's like a mystical nighttime thing let me i it's freak i think it was a playstation game um, something nights. I don't know. Speaking of gestures, though, Pandemonium was a great game. That was for PlayStation 2. I think it was two-player. And I think it was kind of like a wizardy thing. Like, you shoot, like, wizards. But, yeah, he's a purple gesture, too. Yep, it's actually called Knights. Knights. Uh, N-I-G-H-T-S. I never played it. But, like, for some reason, when I think about Bomberman, I think about this game. Because it's one of those games, like, with Bomberman, I only played it a little bit. Like, barely. But I always wanted to play it. Um, and this one was yeah. also another one of those games that I saw all the time. And I was like, man, I would love to play that game. But I never got to play it. Um, for some reason, my brain connects them in the same, uh, in the same thing. Yeah. I, I just typed in Knights PlayStation Jester. And it came up because the name of the game is Knights. <laughs> nice. What do you know? But yeah. So, okay. You know? So you got there Bomberman. Is. You got... Um, Mario Kart, a lot of these are obviously Nintendo 64 and Super Nintendo. 
Another game that comes to mind, well, for rentals, like, were there any other games that you rented a lot from Blockbuster or Hollywood Video or whatever? Oh, man, I think we usually got different games each time. I mean, those are probably my big free. Mm-hmm. Like, we all, for us, we always tried different things. We didn't rent the same game over and yeah. over again. Um, like, my first experience with Blast Corpse from the Nintendo 64 Blast was a rented Corpse. version. <laughs> uh, and I loved that game. Um, we owned Mario Kart and Mario 64 and stuff like that. Um, but when I think of sleepovers, I do think of Mario Kart. Smash mm-hmm. Brothers. We played yep. a ton of Smash Brothers. Um, and then watching my brother play games like Resident Evil, we beat um, Resident Evil 1, 2, and on the Dreamcast, we beat uh, Code Veronica. Um, we would play deep into the night with our friends hanging out with us. Um, we would play... Oh, I just had another one. Oh, Armada. I don't know if I've ever talked about Armada before. Have you ever heard of Armada for the Dreamcast? Uh, I don't think so. Dude, loved that game. We played that... It's, it is also a multiplayer game. It's like an asteroid-style multiplayer game, except okay. there's like alien yeah. ships that fly in and attack you, and you level up, and as you level up, your your ships evolve, kind of like a Pokemon, um, and they get new abilities and stuff like that, and you can also equip them and, and upgrade them and stuff like that. So super fun game. Love that game. In fact, it is one of my all-time favorite games. Um, that Tokyo Extreme Racer 2 on the Dreamcast. So all of my memories uh, from co-op overnight uh playing games with my brother and my friends are basically dreamcast and before mm-hmm. up to that yeah most of my really like genesis though. and super nintendo yeah with a little bit of 64 mixed in yeah see and I'm a, I'm a little bit more on the on the upper end of that um but i um I think I've mentioned in other podcasts, but uh, Baldur's Gate was another big one for me. Baldur's Gate. Yeah, because um, you guys were dwarves, Dark right? Alliance. Yeah, Dark Alliance in particular, which I recently real- found out the original Baldur's Gate was turn-based fighting. I didn't know that because I mm. only played the Dark Alliance ones, which were live hack and slash. So, right. Uh, That's did, the only I one I remember that. is Dark Alliance because I don't yeah. remember any turn-based Baldur's Gate. Yeah, the first two, one and two, are turn-based. And the new one, Baldur's Gate 3, is turn-based as well. Well, that makes but, sense but there's two Dark Alliance Dungeons games, and Dragons. And both of those are live. And yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is turn-based. Yeah. So it'd be weird if it was live. Yeah. <laughs> live Dungeons kind of and Dragons board game. <laughs> I don't know any board games that are live action. <laughs> well, Path of Exile, uh, um, the games for Path of Exile, PC games, are kind of a mixture. It has an option to go turn-based. Um, but technically those games are played six seconds at a time is kind of the the theory behind it. So the way Path of Exile did it Mm. is you would do your turn and then it would play out over the next six seconds. So whoever was first, you would tell them what to do and then they would start doing it. It would like pause the game and they'd unpause, they'd start moving and then the next person's turn would come up and then they would take their turn and do what they're doing and then they would start doing that while the other person is continuing to do what they were starting to do. So... If you're having one person run across the map to attack someone, they would start running and then the next person would go and you're like, oh, this person's going to shoot a, a magic bolt at them or whatever. They start casting and then the other person would continue running and then the next person's turn. So it would slowly play out in real time. And then when your turn was up, it would be about six seconds. 
of actual game time before that character goes again. So it's like a, a it's like live action, but mm. pausing as it goes. Live action turn based, interesting. Yeah, and it's actually really cool. There's also another way to play it where it's just completely live action. Um, and if you don't you give know, them I, actions, then time just goes. So you need to be really quick about it. Um, but I like the live action turn based uh, better. I'm a, I'm such an impatient person that like even with board games, I, I don't like people waiting for their turns. I hate waiting for my turn. Like I just want everyone to go at once. Like if I if I had my way, like even playing Monopoly, I'd be like everyone roll the dice. We all move at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and, Fair enough. Uh, um and i, I want like it even with the zombie side it's a great zombie board game that i like but i was like you know i want to get someone that i can just trust enough to not, not cheat and like we just like play in live action like don't take turns we just go uh -huh. at the same time we just do our own thing and work through it because otherwise the game takes like three hours <laughs> yeah that actually just reminded me i was thinking about and that's why you like playing divinity original sin is because everyone gets to go at the same time right will do they no <laughs> it's oh it's completely turn-based yeah. percent Well, to uh, be fair, when I first started playing it, I didn't know it was turn-based. Well, um, but you, I still enjoy it. <laughs> you know that, act, but that actually reminded me of another game that I played a ton of, and it was always with friends on the Dreamcast. Gauntlet Legends. Yes, I, I, I replayed that recently. That actually, yeah, well, me and Jimmy played that uh, probably like a year ago. We got it on uh, Steam, and we played through the whole thing. It was such a throwback. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's super cool, man. Um, because I just remember playing that as a kid and just spending hours and hours with my yeah. friends, leveling up our characters, and um, we just we just played it all the time. Um, we had I, a arcade cabinet of that at Wonderland, actually. Actually, that's exactly what I was about to say, because my first experience yeah. <laughs> of the game was on an arcade, and then when I found out you could get it on the Dreamcast, I was just blown away. I was like... This is amazing. I can take the arcade home. Right. Which is what killed the arcade. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, man, is there anything else from that era? Because the thing is, from there, things just continue to progress mm -hmm. and change, right? You had couch co-op. I remember. And then it came online. Did you ever do any LAN parties where people would bring I multiple did, systems? But my first memory of playing online was on the PS2. I think it was Burnout 3. I could be wrong, but it was definitely a racing game. And I had to plug a LAN cable into my PS2. And mm. I thought that was just the craziest thing. And if I remember correctly, there weren't very many games that even were made for online play. So I think that was the only game I had that even worked on the internet. So mm. I had to like plug it into my PS2. And I always had to play when my dad wasn't using the internet because of dial-up. Yep. Um, <laughs> and uh, But it was just the coolest thing to, to race online with real people. Yeah, um, and I that was my first experience was with the Dreamcast. Um, with that's you know the little plug-in thing, but I didn't get yeah. to play it like at all. Like I played it a little bit, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, but I yeah. didn't really get to do it very much because I remember my cousin had Fantasy Star Online for the Dreamcast, mm. and I was like, dude, that is so cool. That was my first exposure to really an MMO, right? Because he's leveling up his character, he's buying new gear and getting new weapons. And I'm like, dude, this is so awesome. And it's all online. And look at all these other people in this hub world. And they're all real players. And it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, so that kind of, I wouldn't say that was my first, my actually, yeah, that would probably was my first introduction to full-blown online 
massive multiplayer because it went from those land parties like my friends and I would we'd have mm-hmm. two Xboxes we'd do eight player Halo over at a friend's house uh, nice. doing a sleepover right two TVs two Xboxes for us it was all about Counter Strike yeah <laughs> Sandy yeah, we got we, into Counter Strike it was uh, we were all about Halo um, Counter Strike came out before Halo right I didn't have an Xbox I don't know. so I think. And Counter-Strike, I think, was more of a PC thing. But yeah, we had a comic shop called Interzone Comic and C- Comics and Cards. I did a lot of Pokemon card trading there and Magic the Gathering and stuff like that. But they also had a bunch of computers, so you could mm. like pay to like be part of the LAN party. So one time I went there for like a giant, like I forget how many, but it was like a 10-plus person LAN party of Counter-Strike. Nice. It was so much fun. That sounds like <laughs> a lot of fun. And then, you know, but then after you had your LAN parties, online multiplayer became a thing, and the couch co-op kind of disappeared which is sad because it you can't get the same experience you can get a similar experience it's nice because we have to play with friends long distance you know um make new friends in these online worlds which brought you know mmos and massive online multiplayer stuff became um a big thing runescape was kind of the first major player in that realm uh where it was like the on your pc free to play and you know you could sink hours and hours and hours and hours and hours into this game and make friends from across the country and stuff like that it kind of brought that social element of Mm -hmm. online games uh i think that was kind of the first big player in that realm and then it just kind of expanded from there i'm a very big social gamer so like it's half the reason i play video games um like playing a game by myself is kind of like going to like a basketball game by yourself. I'm like, yeah, I guess it's still cool, but not nearly as much. And I was so used to that couch co-op that when when games started coming out with online only, like it bugged the heck out of me. I'm like, I have this game. It's multiplayer. I have a friend over. We can't play together because yeah. <laughs> he needs his own copy of a game and his own computer to play it. And in particular, I remember Resident Evil 5 bugged the heck out of me because the console version had local co-op but the pc version only had online co-op interesting and i hated that so much because i was like i got friends that i want to play with that don't want to buy their own copy of the game you know so i actually found a hack for it where i actually hacked the game on my computer to enable co-op on the pc Mm. because i guess the code was actually in the game they just disabled it for pc for some reason so um, I'm probably going to talk some more about this too, but like I hate it when games are only online co-op. I think that they need to have an option for local co-op as well. Yeah, even because the thing is, even if it's not getting used a ton, like I do a game night with my kids. Every Friday night, we either play a video game together or watch a movie together um, or YouTube videos. Last night, that's what we did is we just watched YouTube videos together. Um, but... It's hard. Like when I first started doing this with them, I was like, okay, trying to do it on our console, right? On our Xbox. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, what games can we play that are split screen co-op games? And they are few and far between. It's hard to find a couch co-op game, but it's so much more fun. Like doing now, like looking back and saying, okay, you have your online multiplayer. It's awesome to be able to have a single player experience, but with friends. Um, but there, the experience is just still different. It's still not as good as 
having friends and sitting on a couch together and playing games together. Um, it's kind of a lost, uh, a lost experience. Yeah. Um, it's I hard do to find. feel like a lot of indie games are kind of filling that space. Um, yeah, like it takes two. Uh, what? It takes two. It's like probably the most popular co-op game. I know that one. Recent co-op game. It's it's a uh, it's a puzzle game, but you need two people, and it's got like a whole hmm. story to it and stuff like that. Yeah, but couch I was gonna say like, but a lot of the the modern like couch co-op kind of games are not really like they're not adventure stories. A lot of them are like hmm. arena based multiplayer games and look, there's a lot of good ones like uh like overcooked have you played that yep yep i own it i own it i think that i got overcooked 2 actually in my steam yeah uh, i love that game and uh yeah and that one has like local co-op up to four players so that's a really fun like party game so yeah. like there are some good indie games that have kind of filled that space but they they're mostly like that they're not like these big adventure games you know yeah yeah that's fair but yeah man so we went from only co-op to social co-op through arcades to couch co-op with consoles to land parties to online co-op to massive multiplayer to mm. online is pretty much the only to a hundred percent online always online games so yeah. you've also got little things where it's not a co-op game but you can still have limited engagement with other players. Um, the game I'm thinking mm -hmm. about is Dark Souls, where you can write messages on the ground, like limited <laughs> vocabulary, and then you can vote on people's messages. So it, I, I like it because it's purely a single player game, obviously, right? But then it's got these little elements, social elements, where you're, you feel like you're part of a community. You can see their ghost character running around the world, Right, even though you can't interact with them, and they probably can't see you, but you can still see them. Like all these little things that the internet now allows, and very creative things that have turned single-player games into pseudo cooperative. They still have an online social element, right? Um, yeah. But I, I like that. I really like that idea of having. A single player game still have multiplayer mm. elements even if there's not any direct engagement um i agree i think every game should have multiplayer because like single player games like i just like i said it's like going to a sports game by yourself yeah and nowadays because multiplayer online multiplayer is such a big thing you've got entire community you've got discord right you've got these mm -hmm. people want to play games with each other right um even if even if you're playing single player games you can still stream and watch your friends play and it's still social, yeah. right? So, you know, the social I, need for the need for social interaction with video games is still there. Just the way it's delivered has changed drastically. So I've done a little bit of Twitch streaming, uh, not, not a much, much by any means, but the whole reason I started doing that is I wanted to play um, Resident Evil mm -hmm. and the game just scared the shit out of me. Like I could not <laughs> play that game <laughs> by myself. So I'm like, if I stream this, it's like playing with other people. I won't be alone. <laughs> it's true. It's true though, isn't it? Like yeah. one of the best games to play, single player games to play with friends was always horror <laughs> games. Always Dino Crisis. Yep. Silent Hill, Resident Evil, like those are the games you play with friends in the middle of the night 
Um, even if it's single yeah. player, it's like it's one of the best sleepover. And games. Actually, uh, I had this one friend in particular, my friend Jeremiah, who uh, is a big Resident Evil fan. So uh, he was he didn't have any consoles or anything to to play it. So I streamed it so he could see the new Resident Evil game, and then I didn't have to be alone. So I streamed it on Twitch, but like I would only ever stream when he was available to watch. And I'd actually go call him up on the phone, so we would like talk each other through it while I was Twitch was streaming it. Um, good times. Yeah, man, um, that's cool. But uh, yeah, so talking about like uh, things that have limited co-op, I said. Because I, I wish everything had like a full level of co-op. I, I played, speaking of Resident Evil, I played Resident Evil Re- Re- Revelations 2. And it's mm-hmm. two player, but the second player doesn't even get a gun. <laughs> then what do they uh, we do? didn't know that going into it. They have a flashlight. So they can blind the enemy and they're needed for certain puzzles. So you help with the puzzles and stuff. But like, I thought that was dumb. I'm like, why not just give them a dun- gun and make this a full co-op experience? So, um, I think, I think, uh, I think we probably switched back and forth a little bit, but like when it comes to friends gaming, I often want them to have the better experience. So I think I volunteered to have the flashlight most of the time, um, and just yeah. kind of play, cause I like playing the supportive role sometimes. Um, but then another game I think of that has limited co-op is, uh, animal crossing. Like it's cool that you can mm. go to other people's islands, but it sucks that you can't build stuff together. Yeah. Because, like, you can't touch anything on the other person's island. It'd be so cool to have them both there and have, like, a team of two or three people build, like, a city together. So, um, I don't know why they do that. It's probably just something to do with the development time where they don't have a chance to really incorporate a full co op thing. But, like, I wish more things just cooperated. Yeah. You know, one of the things, speaking of things that we wish were a little bit different. I wish that internet cafes were a big thing here in the U.S. like they are over in Japan. Because mm. that, even even playing single-player games, it's the social thing, like being around other people that are playing, you know, and then doing LAN parties and stuff like that, like you used to do. Yeah. Um, but I wish that were, like, super popular. Um, and I, I think it could be, especially with how expensive uh, gaming hardware can be. Um, yeah. Like... I just, but the thing is, people just even even if even if you had one available, most people wouldn't go because they they people don't leave the house. Like, yeah, um, the just down the street actually, just a couple blocks away. When I was in high school, there was this little I don't know what to call it, but like I think of it as like a PC arcade or like a modern arcade. So they had a bunch of consoles and computers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you paid by the hour to play games. Yeah. Um, the coolest thing about it is they had food. So you could order food and they'll like yeah. deliver it to you in your big comfy chair while you're playing this game. And I played a lot of Smash Brothers Brawl um, there because I didn't have a Wii. And um, But to me, as a high schooler, it was prohibitively expensive. I forget oh. what it was, but it was like five bucks an hour. That's and, like, dude, I could, nuts. Yeah, and I could play for like hours on end. I could spend like eight hours there or more like on a weekend, you know? But if I'm there for four hours, you know, that's like, you know, 20 bucks, which I guess, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a lot for, at least it was for me at the time as a high schooler, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I couldn't afford to spend 20 bucks. Like if I went there for two days, if I went Saturday and Sunday, you know, which is for four hours a time, that's 40 bucks and spend that every week as a high schooler. Like, I don't know I can do that. So yeah. I think that's why they went out of business. 
But mm-hmm. uh, I loved the idea of it because it was really social because you're in the same room and people playing other games and stuff. And uh, it was a cool thing. Yeah, and that's the thing is it's like the the viability of that kind of a business it's like you've got all kinds of things where people throw controllers like people break things and yeah that's true so i love the idea but it's also that whole thing of well how viable is it as a business in the united states i feel like um japan just culturally is a lot more about respect right they Mm -hmm. they probably respect the equipment and don't you know damage things as easily as stupid kids in our country do because kids are incredibly stupid and they vandalize and break things i I don't know if that's just an american thing um but i don't know that's just it's definitely magnified in america yeah that's true but um man but it would be so cool i would love one thing love that one thing I wish they would do is get more uh, arcade versions of home games mm-hmm. because I, I really love Smash Ultimate. I play that almost daily. Um, and I, I go to tournaments every now and then because it's fun to like connect with other people and play live in the other room. But like, if they just had like an arcade version of Smash, I would go to the arcade all the time, even though I have it at home because that's the kind of game that encourages competitiveness and social interaction. Yeah. And like, I'd love to meet other people who are good at the game, get like tips off of them. And then play without lag because there's horrible <laughs> lag playing online. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of games. If they just had an arcade equivalent, a lot of people would be into that because this kind of brings it back to the you know the arcade feel, you know? Yeah, I mean, you could technically do that if you had a, like a console behind glass, you know, like at uh, GameStop and stuff like that. I don't know if they have this anymore, but they used to have like the setup where you had the TV and the two controllers attached to the console, and the consoles yeah. like, all hit away. And you just have to stand and play. Um, but the problem with that is like that. it's a higher barrier of entry. Like they need like a dedicated smash cabinet that you put your quarters in and you get to play one round for three stocks for, you know, whatever money you put in. Yeah. I think that would like, probably be more attractive. Like charge a $5 cover and then it's 25 cents a game, you know? Because yeah. even arcades now are insane expensive. They're big. They're cool. Like yeah. so these arcade games now are obviously very expensive to make. They're not simple, and they, but they charge like a buck two fifty, you know, per game. It's I, I really like the way that round one does it, because um, you you pay your credits or whatever, but you can buy a yearly membership, which is five dollars a year, super cheap. But you get a mm. discount on all the credits, right? Um. And also, the more you buy, the the more expensive it is. So if you buy like the cheapest, like ten dollar card or whatever, like Dance Dance Revolution is like two bucks per play, uh-huh. which I think is fine for the casual arcade goer that they go there and they're like, hey, I'm only going to come here once for the entire year. They pay pay two bucks per game, whatever. It's not a big deal to them because they're not playing a ton anyways. But someone for me who goes regularly, like I go probably at least, still not a ton, at least six times a year. Probably every other month is when I go. Because I have a Dance Dance Revolution machine in my garage, so I don't need to go there that often. But um, I buy my, my cards with 100 bucks at a time, um, which is their highest tier, and it gives a significant discount. And I did the math on it. I think they don't want you to know the math because they don't want you to like feel like you're being gypped if you buy it like a lower one. But I broke down the math. And um, if you have the, the yearly membership and you buy the $100 cards, Dance Dance Revolution goes all the way down to a dollar per play instead of $2 mm. per play. 
So someone like me, who's a regular arcade goer, I'm like, hey, it's only a buck per play. That's totally reasonable, mm. you know? But then they charge more to the people who are just casuals, which I think is fine. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the main reason I, like, whenever I see arcades, I'm like, I'm not playing. For me, it's, like, unacceptably expensive. Yeah. You know? So, especially knowing how arcade games are designed to make you die <laughs> as much as <laughs> yeah, humanly possible. Uh-huh. So, like... And you only, and really, you only get to play for five minutes, you know, um, before you die or before the game ends. That's really expensive. If you're spending a dollar per game, like that's, that's a lot of money. That's $30 an hour uh, if you're counting actual gameplay time. But it is about the experience of being there, right? Um, So, and Dance Dance Revolution is a lot cheaper too, you know, like one, $1 $1 will get you three songs and that's going to last you like what a good five minutes. Probably more than that. More. If each song yeah. is like two minutes, two and a half minutes. But at the nickel arcade, Dance Dance Revolution was five nickels, um, which is still only like what? 25 cents. Yeah, that's 25 cents. Um, so I can, and that they had a cover of 250 to get in, but I could go there with 10 bucks and spend four hours at the arcade on DDR yeah. um, as a kid. So that was super nice. So what do you think about MMOs? Are you an MMO player? Because that was kind of I, the, the big thing that is yeah, now or has become like a huge industry. I mean, beyond the mobile gaming crap. For uh, a long time, MMOs. I purposely stayed away from them because I had lost years of my life to an MMO in the past. Oh, I like my games to have an end. Hmm. You know, it gives me a goal to shoot for and I beat it. I feel accomplished at the end. The problem I have with MMOs, they never end. So mm-hmm. it's really easy to keep sucking you in forever. Mm-hmm. So I, to put another way, I do like MMOs, but I stay away from them because I know that I like them too much. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I I really like MMOs and the idea of MMOs. Um, the thing I don't like is once it gets to be like predatory, pay to win kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I like free to play games. I like free to play MMOs. I like that whole breakdown. Um, and I actually really enjoy that. It is endless, right? They're always coming out with content updates and stuff like that. But I like pay for convenience. I don't like pay for win. So pay mm-hmm. for cosmetics and pay for convenience is fine. As long as the convenience yeah. perks aren't so restrictive. You know what I mean? Like if uh, if you only have 30 slots in your inventory, which makes the game almost unplayable, and then you have to pay for convenience or subscription-based. I don't like subscriptions either, um, which is right. why I never did Elder Scrolls Online. I mean, I played it and I got pretty far, but then it became the point came to the point where the um, the game was so restrictive, um, unless you paid for the subscription, that it wasn't fun to play anymore, and it was an inventory thing. Um, because of all the materials and the crafting and things like that that you have to do, your inventory and your bank space is so limited unless you pay for the subscription to get this special unlimited um, resource bag or whatever where all your resources go into that bag instead of taking up your inventory space. Um, I would have been fine with that if it was a one-time purchase. I would have bought it for like five bucks, 10 bucks just for the bag. Great. But no, you have to have the subscription. So that's where I stopped. It was like, this is, to me, predatory. Um, it is intentionally making the game not fun at the point where you've already invested enough time to be 
you know, connected to the game and to want to keep playing it. But the only way to get this thing is is by paying whatever ten bucks a month. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Um, so yeah. I gave up ESO for that. But I love online games. I like the idea of uh, of the RPG side of it. I love RPGs, leveling up, moving forward. You know, being part of a guild, doing all that stuff. Honestly, my favorite MMO was Terra. T E R A. I don't know if you've ever seen it or played it. It's no longer no. up, but it was my favorite game because the the battle mechanics were awesome. Like the gameplay was great, and the the free to play element of it was was awesome. Like you could actually play the game, and then all of the paid stuff was mostly cosmetic stuff, and it was kind of one of those typical uh, anime ish kind of MMOs where. Uh, you obviously buy costumes for certain reasons for your for your female characters, but um, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. I'm sad that it's gone, but that was my first real like commitment to an MMO was Terra, mm-hmm. and then that kind of was like a, a little gateway into other things. So I love it. I think it's a great idea, but I hate the pay to win mechanics of certain MMOs. Um, I just I just wish they wouldn't do that. So that's yeah, kind of where I stand I, on that. <laughs> I have a tendency to get like uh, power hungry because like in some of the MMOs I've played, like I, I, I like have to be like the highest level of my friends and then or I'll meet someone that's a way higher level and I'm like, you're not better than me. I need to get higher level than you. Right. And, uh, um, and it's, it's kind of fun to an extent. But again, when there's no level cap and it just goes on forever, like what's <laughs> what's the end game on that? Exactly. Um, but one thing I've learned from online games is there's always someone better than you. And oh, yeah. that's something that online really opened your eyes to. Because before internet gaming, you didn't know that. <laughs> like, I remember playing Smash Bros. And, like, I was, like, one of the best out of my friends. Maybe not the best, but top two or three at least. So, like, I would always brag, like, oh, I'm so good at Smash Bros. Like, we should play. I'll kick your butt, you know. But then then I play online and I'm like, holy crap, everybody beats me. <laughs> I thought yep. I was good because I had just that small sample size. And when you open up to the world like that, like, you know, you realize how many people are just like obsessed about a thing, you know? Yeah. So. And that's the thing. When you open yourself to all that better competition, it makes you better too. So the skill true. level of the players that play online gets much, 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 much higher. Yeah. Because there's no Absolutely. challenge if you're playing against your friends. So. Yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 been a crazy ride, like watching it go from couch co-op to massive multiplayer online to where... Everything is online. It's all social. For most games, most games, uh, most of the big games, I should say, the big, biggest, most successful games that make the most money have either always online, as in you have no option, you have to be online, and it's heavily centered around multiplayer, um, or it's 100% dedicated multiplayer games, right? So because I'm thinking about Diablo, that's a single-player game, but it's heavy on the multiplayer side it's like 50 50 right but then you got other huge games like these big old mmos like new world where it's a hundred percent online and that's kind of a big industry thing now but i'm just interested interested to see where it can go from here because i don't see any i I don't see how it can change i kind of think that until there's some huge industry well we got vr um, but that's still massive online. It's just a different platform. Um, you know, I, I have a couple notes on on VR too. Like okay. I think 
Because like already, you know, stuff like VR chat is such a huge social game. And there's like people watching movies together and stuff and like VR chat. And I mean, they might be doing some of this already as far as I know, but um, it's just a matter of time until people start doing couch co-op in VR. Like they're in the same room <laughs> in a virtual room and then they're all playing like their own like ROM or something like that. Um, so I can see it coming back in, in some way. Yeah, I definitely see that being a thing. I don't know. Did the Apple Vision Pro show any kind of that or am i thinking of a different thing i remember seeing well, the apple some vision promotional... is not a gaming headset i'll say that i know but i remember <laughs> seeing something where it's like the augmented reality of seeing your friends in your room even though they aren't there i don't know if that was mm -hmm. the apple vision pro or something else um but that is definitely kind of the direction that it's going um yeah. that would probably be the next that's pretty cool you're right i think you're right i think that'd be the next big change is um it wouldn't necessarily be video game related it would be virtual in-person interaction through augmented mm -hmm. reality where you're seeing the world through your you know your headset and you see your couch and you know your friend is sitting there um in yeah, through augmented reality so i don't know that's the only thing that i could see it going uh, from here mm -hmm. but i mean this has been a really interesting conversation i love co-op it's lots of nostalgia around that um but was there anything that you wanted to touch on will yeah i got two more things i'd like to talk about um floor is yours one one thing that i think brings it back to the kind of the couch co-op in a way with online is uh steam remote play ah uh, yeah i love steam remote play it allows you to play local co-op games online and what's really cool about that is only one person needs a copy of the game. Um, mm. So uh, my friends will do this a lot where, you know, they want to introduce me to a game and, you know, I don't really want to spend the money on it. So we just do, you know, remote play on it. And, and there's a little bit of lag, but um, but I, I think I think that's really cool. See, I didn't know that they did that. And that, Steam is You don't know about best. remote play? Well, I know about remote play, but I didn't know that oh. you could invite your friends to play co-op with you on your game through yeah that's what remote play to... is steam remote play is playing local co-op games well online. yeah because i know you can do remote play like i can play my xbox from my phone right through remote play or i can play mm. yeah you can like there's an actual is that remote play or is that something else that's remote play you're playing a game remotely so i'm not on the xbox i'm but that's not steam remote i'm play. in the next i'm in the next room but like uh for example on my Asus uh, ROG Ally, I can play my Steam games from my computer on my ROG Ally without installing it by using Remote Play. So it just streams to my my uh, my handheld, even though the game isn't installed on my handheld. The game is actually running on my desktop PC, but I'm playing it through Remote Play. So huh. um, yeah, I, I guess it's a. I didn't know that you could do that with remote play giving i didn't know you could people... do what you're saying with remote play. oh yeah <laughs> See, well there you go uh, both of us didn't know so, so um funny. but that's really cool being able well, to see, give someone my... remote access to on my your steam... game and play co-op at the same time is really on my cool steam play steam thing it said it's called remote play together so maybe mm. that's a different thing that's um, cool so if you don't know this, you can make a dynamic collection for your Steam library for the automatically categorizes games or remote play together. So I do that with some of my friends where I just like, I can look at this entire list and be like, hey, what games can we play that you don't have? 
Dude, that um, is so cool. I'm going to try that right now <laughs> and see. It's called remote. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, snap. That's so funny. Okay, I've got my filters. I've got a lot of games that are remote play together. Yeah, so these are all local co-op games that you can just invite anyone to play. I didn't know Amnesia Rebirth was a... Oh, yeah, I guess so. For some reason, I always thought that was just a single-player-only game. So, so that kind of leads into my next uh, thing I want to talk about, is I want to talk about lag. I don't think you can talk about online gaming without talking about yeah. lag. Um, so my friend in Japan, uh, his name is Jeremiah, he, uh, he just got a computer, and uh, he's one of my old gaming buddies from back in the day. We had a lot of game sleepovers together, mm -hmm. a lot of all-nighters. Uh, one time we got a case of monsters uh, for an all-nighter because we didn't want to sleep. That was a bad idea. We drink way too much monster. I think we had monster poisoning, if that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> but, but we, our legs were cramping so bad. It like, oh, it was bad. But anyways, um, so he got it. He has a computer, but um, it doesn't have very good specs, so he can't really play a lot of games that I want to play with him. So mm -hmm. I uh, invited him with remote play because it, what it does is it just sends the inputs that he puts on the computer to my computer, and the game is running off of my computer, so his graphics card doesn't matter you know yeah so i thought that was really cool um but uh so i wanted to invite him to do remote play and i saw that he was playing some kind of bullet hell game and i was like "Ooh, i've got a bullet hell game that's uh, got remote play uh enter the gungeon and yeah. i thought that was a great game so i invited him to play that not thinking about the lag <laughs> and he lives in japan so he had a full second of lag between his input oh, and seeing his character dang. move and it's a bullet hell game <laughs> where timing is pretty important for dodging and shooting your enemies. So that was tough for him. Uh, miraculously, we made it through the first level somehow. <laughs> um, so then I found out that uh, Divinity 2 actually has remote play. So I was like, okay, next time let's play this because it's a turn-based game, so the lag shouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely certain games are uh, much more designed for... Uh, are much much better options for remote play dude like that is so cool i didn't realize you could do that i'm i'm looking at my list now i'm like there are a lot of games that yeah. i could do that with nice so i think that's a step in the right direction because when online gaming first came a thing like i hated that both of us had to buy the same game yeah. like especially when a game's like 50 bucks you know like that's how i felt with resident evil 5 like i just bought the game for 50 bucks i don't want to make my friend buy it for 50 bucks to play with them yeah. so i just hack it to do you know uh co-op split screen but um i feel like so do you steam should be able to allow you to share a co-op version of the game so they can download it and run it on their hardware so there's no lag cool. but they can only play cooperatively with you yeah like, and it's that like, uh, should be a thing maybe it has like expiration date or something on it too yeah but yeah or you yeah, can rent a really game cool. from steam for like have it in your library oh, would be for five days yeah that that would be cool hmm. i think that'd be great that. it'd bring back i wonder if we'll see that happen thing. too because that sounds like such a good i've idea never heard anyone like, talk about it because the thing yeah. with steam is if you refund a game like you it locks you out you don't you can't yep. as far as i know there is no way to buy a game from steam rip it and then mm -hmm. get a refund. Well, it's not enough to rip it. You have to crack it too. Yeah, because you have because it's it's connected to your Steam account and it needs to be on Steam to run. 
So yeah, when you most, log into the game, most it games connect through Steam. Force launch Steam when you open the game. Yeah. It, but there are some that don't actually. There's some games you could just launch locally and it won't force boot Steam. Well, you can play but, offline um, on Steam. You can you can play your games off in offline mode. So maybe there's oh a way, gosh. but I don't think that's they, the thing is I don't think ripping games is as big of a issue as it used to be because games are so cheap now. Like mm-hmm. as a kid, you would borrow your friend's game and burn a copy of it because yeah. the games were like fifty bucks and you couldn't afford it and things but like also, that. And, but now you can get games for five bucks or a dollar. Mm-hmm. You that's know, true. and there's a lot of free games too, free yeah. play. So that's really good for kids. For me, I think the biggest difference is I'm an adult now, so I have more yeah. money than I did in high school. Like um, in high school, I I ripped <laughs> some games. Um, but then as soon as I got a job, I'm like, you know, I never felt good about ripping games. So I was like, I want to, you know, actually support the developers. So I buy all my games now, but like when I was a kid, it was my only choice to play a game. Um, yeah, well, I mean, nowadays kids, parents also are gamers, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, uh, older gamers, we've all got kids. When we were kids, adults were like $40 for a game. Well, $40 (laughs) was a lot of money back then. (laughs) No, you know, as like spending $120 on a game. Now, um, it's, it's not a a cheap price to pay. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, it's, I I think that would be awesome if steam had a rental program. So you could be like, Hey guys, we're going to play this game this weekend. Um, three day rental for five bucks or whatever. They have um, games or trials at least they have that yeah but they do that with online movies like you can like rent movies online now and you only have access to it for like a couple of days or something so it wouldn't be that f- much of a farce to do that with steam yeah i mean and you, the other thing too is like they could do rental specials you know play before you buy they do trials like you just said but i mean if uh if you watch a review of a game and you're like oh that looks pretty cool but the game is like 45 bucks you're like, ooh, I don't know if I want to spend 45 bucks on this game that I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy. Obviously, they've got the return policy. <sighs> Excuse me. But I think renting it for three bucks for a few days would be a great way for for uh, people to see if they're interested and maybe even get more game sales. Yeah. Um, I would have told you if they had that, I would have rented um, Gotham Knights. <laughs> and then you would have I wanted it. to get it. I, I wanted to get a refund on it, but you have to have, have less than two hours played, I think. And I had two yep. and a half hours. <laughs> I was like, yep. dang it. I should have had that, been thinking about that more. But um, so how, <sighs> yeah, much, how much do you know about lag with online games? Well, I don't, it's, I, I know there there is lag and like when you play games like Overwatch and stuff like that, sometimes you become a victim of that lag. Like you peek to take a shot and then you go back and you get mm-hmm. shot when you're behind the wall. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Um, but as far as like doing remote play stuff, I don't have a lot of experience with it, so I don't know. But it seems so, like that's why I was thinking like if you could give someone a co-op version of the game, it wouldn't be as big of a deal because it's not going there and back. It's just communicating to the server. Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking about just like general multiplayer lag now. No. Um, I'm an amateur on this, but as far as I know, there's two main kinds of... Um, I guess, I don't know what to call it, lag systems. Mm. Um, so S- Smash Bros. use a delayed, delayed-based delayed netcode, um, which basically slows down the game so that the game runs at in real time for both of you, but it's delaying all of your inputs that way. Interesting. So I push, let's say I push a button, and then my opponent pushes a button, 
and then it waits for both of those info to get to the game right. and then the game processes them Interesting. so but it happens fast it, uh <laughs> it's noticeable for uh, um for fighting games anyways um so so the problem with that though is if you're if one of the people lags like they hit a lag spike the whole game freezes for both people and it's so annoying because i'll be in the middle of combo and then the game will just stop for half a second and then I have to wait and then it starts going again and it messes up my combos because my combos has specific timings i have to get it into right. and also while the game is frozen at least on smash bros it does not accept any inputs so i will hit jump and then it'll do a lag spike the game would just freeze for half a second and then it'll go again but i hit jump during that freeze and it doesn't register and they just fall to my death i'm like what the hell like i totally <laughs> pressed jump um and the lag is so noticeable that like when i play uh locally i can't do my combos because <laughs> i mostly play online because i don't have that many friends to play locally with so when i go to tournaments i have to get a couple casual rounds in first and i feel a little bit like i feel like i'm bothersome because like I, I'll, I'll be with my opponent in a tournament and then i'm like hey before we play can i just like uh go into training mode and just like test like the timing because i get it gotta get feel for the lag on this system and then it only takes me like 10 15 seconds but i gotta get a feel for you know how fast do i have to push the buttons you know opposed to the, my typical visual of it um yeah. so so that's kind of the worst kind of lag implementation um but the the better kind is net code rollback so what net code rollback does is it kind of it kind of um, guesses what your next input's going to be. And then that's what shows your opponent. Um, but then if you do something else that it doesn't predict, then it just rolls the character back. So the character will like jump to a different location. Mm. So that might give you a little bit of visual glitches, but it is objectively a better program because all of your inputs are like you're playing live interesting and i didn't really understand how much it worked how well it works so i i watched some videos right before this because i was curious but um so if the lag is only 45 milliseconds for example most animation startups time are going to be more than 45 milliseconds so on your screen you see your move as normal on your opponent's screen it just skips the first 45 milliseconds of the startup animation so it doesn't really matter it's like three frames you know so that way it looks more live to both parties if that makes sense mm -hmm. so a lot of fighting games have netcode rollback and it's objectively um better so a lot of people criticize criticize smash for having a delayed netcode um but then there's and then there's also things that are the opposite of that i'm not sure what it's called but i've noticed this in don't starve together where i will be i'll walk like 10 feet or something and then all of a sudden i'll teleport backwards 10 feet yep <laughs> um so that's not the same as the netcode rollback because the netcode rollback will, it jumps your opponent. You're playing in live action. So when you jump around, I don't know what that is. It's some kind of other thing. So that that's really annoying when you're trying to run away from like an enemy and then you just teleport backwards and that enemy got you're like, what the hell, man? So anyways, I just wanted to. Yeah, and I think that's going to be, they'll, they'll figure more of that out about as far as how to deal with lag. Because um, that is probably the biggest hindrance to the online uh, co-op multiplayer world mm -hmm. um, right now. But I'm sure they're going to figure it out. And once they figure it out, then you're going to have the live streaming gaming services start turning into the norm as opposed to 
downloading games to your system. Like they tried to do that before, but the technology is not there. But I'm sure it'll get there eventually when there's virtually no lag and everything is running almost as if it is live. I think there'll always be some lag, you know? Like, yeah, there has to be just are, physics. Things are down to like milliseconds, but like I can perceive a difference of like 17 milliseconds, you know? Mm. So I am particularly sensitive lag. So a lot of people probably wouldn't even notice. It's from DDR. Um, yeah, exactly. Because getting a marvelous timing is uh, just under 17 milliseconds. So if I hit an arrow within 17 milliseconds, I get a marvelous. If it's more than 17 milliseconds off, I get a perfect. Mm -hmm. um which is not as good as marvelous which i understand can be confusing yes. uh, <laughs> but um i was actually really impressed at how good the netcode rollback is because um the it, it predicts what your next movement is and for the most part it just predicts whatever you were doing it predicts that is what you're going to continue to do and the lag is usually only a couple frames right so like it, so when it is wrong, it's only wrong by like three frames, so it's hardly noticeable. And um, and I, I heard a stat that said it's correct 90% of the time. So I thought that was pretty cool to just mm. give you that that smooth, feels lagless. So it, it, there is lag, but they disguise the lag so you don't notice it, which is really interesting. Yeah, and as long as it's not up, as long as you don't actually notice the lag, I think that's all that really matters. Um, until you get into serious competitive stuff, you know. But playing games with friends online, like doing the Steam, you know, remote play together stuff, like if you, as long as you don't feel like there's lag, then that's all that really matters. It's about the experience. So if you feel like there's no lag, you're a pleb and you need to increase your reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just <laughs> filthy amateurs. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you for joining us for uh, this episode of the Potion Poppers Investigative Journalism Podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to watch some more videos, go check out what we've got uh, in the past. In the description, you'll see a list of our last five videos and uh, go pick one go see go see what else we got going on um youtube channel incoming shortly i promise um if you're watching this on youtube then you know that i kept my it. promise <laughs> congratulations <laughs> uh nice. but thanks for joining us again guys have a wonderful day and we'll see you in the next episode bye peace you have been listening to the Potion Poppers podcast. If you liked what you heard, then leave a review. And hey, if you want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe and we'll catch you next time.